Welcome back to the final episode in our Neo-Charismatic Leadership Podcast series with author, leadership expert and coach, Dr. Garda Angari and executive leader Martin Headley, where they conclude their exploration of the recently published book, Neo-Charismatic Leadership and the coaching topics it covers. Well, everybody, welcome to our final episode in this podcast series, episode 30 where we've been talking about neo-charismatic leadership. In this podcast, I want to focus on the model. So hopefully you've been able to print out, or at least you've got access to a picture of the model in front of you, because that will really help as we go through this final section. Gada, welcome. Obviously, you have spent so much time researching this, writing the books, and even to the point of inviting me to come in and, and talk to you about near charismatic leadership so that as we go through this podcast, we can share some ideas, both academic and practical, which I think is excellent. Yes, Martin, you've been a great help as well, uh, provoking those ideas and, you know, bringing in your experience as an executive uh, leader in large organizations and a small business startup. You have really been uh, very contributive to the elements of, of the model and also to the experiences uh, that uh, people will learn from. Well, that's good to hear that I haven't been instigating trouble for once. So that's great. <laughs> As we've been going through this, you've continued to focus on two main points. And so I think it would be great for the listeners if you could tell us, first of all, you know, what is the most important thing you hope they have got from this series of 30 podcasts? Yeah. So when I reflect uh, on the series and um, what I was trying to do with our audience is really two things. The first is to move away from the traditional, typical leadership models whereby leaders have uh, specific roles that they repeat over the days and months and years in order to, you know, arrive to the organizational objectives into a transformational mode, which means in order to do that, for me, the first point was being altruistic, ethical leader. So in every action, in every role you play, in every communication you make, you have that in front of you as your main uh, motivator. You are really focusing on making this world a better place, better place when you leave it than when you were, you know, arrived and making uh, your society, your communities, the people that you are in touch with, you've impacted them with your being as an ethical altruistic leader. So that is one thing I was really focused on. The second one, I was focused on transformational leadership as a new way of leading organizations at different levels and in different sizes. Transformational leadership is not necessarily the everyday job of a leader, but it's an important element, especially in uh, the recent years where things has been happening uh, very quickly and organizations are going through change rapidly. So in, uh, to transform an organization, I was focused on hoping the message would be that you yourself as a leader is being transformed in the process of implementing new charismatic leadership roles. Being transformed is part of the equation. 
in order to transform something, you have to receive the change first. You have to be impacted. You have to be influenced practically. And that means your thinking level, your emotions, your behaviors, the day-to-day small acts that comes out of you and people see them and feel them and, and sense them, they have to change. So for instance, really for the past uh, two years since we started this, Martin, I have been changed just by the fact of introducing the model through a podcast. I have been changed previously through writing the book. I have been changed through the research itself. And with interacting with you, you are constantly changing me and influencing me with your experiences and your knowledge. So in order to be able to transform others, you have to be transformed. So this is number two. That's excellent. Thanks very much, Gerda. So in a very short summary, so altruism and ethical leadership in everything we do is the only way we can make sure that our organizations leave the world in a better place afterwards. And that transforming organizations today is not helped by the typical leadership development paradigm. So we're trying to change that. That's awesome. And I really hope that all of our listeners really feel that they have got that message through everything we've spoken about in the last 29 episodes. So now I'm looking at the the model again, and I see lots of what looks like balls floating around in the air, almost looks like an interplanetary system at times. And of course, it is there to reinforce the fact that leadership development is cyclical in nature. We've gone through it in a logical process because you could that's the only way you can do 30 podcasts, isn't it? But really, the development is, is cyclical. So would you explain to us sort of your overall feelings for how we should approach this model? Yes. So you learn it in a linear way because there is no other way to learn it. <laughs> you have to go through the topics one by one and analyze them and observe around you and probably focus uh, this week or that week on specific elements of the model itself in implementing your leadership behaviors in your context. But really, when it comes down to putting everything together, I view this as you are the galaxy and your roles are planets orbiting around themselves and around other planets in the galaxy. It all comes from you, from your altruism and ethical leadership from your commitment to that concept for making the world a better place, from your vision and mission, your personal being, from the pre-qualifications we spoke about, your empathy, your self-awareness and the vision. And then, and then that all is you, you are the galaxy and everything else will orbit in its own way without you even making an effort because it, it just flows. It's smooth. It comes naturally. Because you've done your job, you've, you've, you've worked hard to make each and every one of them part of you. So that's it. You, you just need to be there and contain everything and uh, let the world flow. That's a beautiful explanation. Uh, I love that. And, and I think that it's excellent in that it recognizes that you have to deal with what you have at any given time. So, for example, if you think of the leader that walks into an organization, that whether it's in trouble or not, doesn't really matter. Yeah, you have the people and the organizational knowledge and the assets that are there, and you've got to take that to another place. So you can't just say, oh, well, I'm going to start off by motivating and inspiring. Well, okay, 
then how do I do that? Oh, well, I've got to formulate a shared vision first. Oh, yes, but the vision of what? Well, got to challenge the status quo. And actually, I've got to do all of these things. And so that's exactly what this model shows. I think that's great. But it also gives you a way of not seeing that as trying to do everything as at once, which of course very rarely works. You have to compartmentalize it. You've got to break it down so that as a leader, you've got a strategy for getting out of where you are today to, to where you need to be. And I like that. Yeah, the strategy is that it's three phases and there's 10 roles. But at the end of the day, you have to internalize those roles well ahead of the transformation so that everything that faces you in life that is new, you are actually being transformed and transforming. And it doesn't mean that you're following the words of this model. It just means that it's, it becomes part of you. Yes. And another thing that I like about it is that at any time, and I do this, at any time I can pick up this model and I just pick a circle at random and I say, hmm, taking personal risk. Okay, let me do a quick self-assessment of what I'm doing in that respect. Okay, and then I say, okay, actually I'm, I'm fine with that. So perhaps the following week I'll say, what's the next one over here? Let's look at encouraging collaboration. It's like, oh, actually I haven't done that in a month. Maybe it's time that I sort of stir things up a little bit in the organization. Are we getting stale? So you can use it just as a self-assessment tool. You can use it as a reminder. I just think there are so many ways of using this. And, and remember, there is 32 sessions on these behavioral roles and their pre-qualifications in the book. So you can actually coach yourself through them. And each session comprises of many questions. If you really take the time and be in the moment, choose a quiet moment and be there with one question every few days, you are aligned. You gain insight and you become aligned. So really it is simple and easy when it comes down to practical application. What is challenging though, is moving that learning from inside you into action. This is where probably you need um, Martin as a coach or me or someone else who is familiar with, with the model or with the elements of the model to support you. Yes, there there is tons of information out there in, in books, on the internet, through people's knowledge, just so many sources of information, all of which is probably good. Most information out there is generally good. There's some misinformation, but that's not usually instantly recognizable. But with all of that information out there, you could say, well, you know, if I had a good model like the one that we're sitting looking at right now, I could do all of this myself. And I would say, actually, there is enough information out there. You probably could. But why would you try and do that? Because at the end of the day, you've only got a certain amount of time to get to wherever it is you're trying to get to. You have to look at all of that information. You have to assimilate it yourself. You also have to try and objectively understand where you are from the point of view of what you need to change to get to where you need to be. And that's hard to do objectively. And of course, you don't really understand the quickest way to get from A to B. So if there are two things that an external coach can provide you, the first thing is most important is the outside perspective. And the second one is a shortcut to the result, getting you as quickly as possible to where you want to be. Yeah. And, and some people may ask, why is it that I can't self-coach? Well, there is a, a neurological reason, which is related to your thoughts. 
your thoughts are very difficult to capture and keep it on one track. You kind of, if you sit with yourself without a pen and paper and just try to reflect on a question, your thoughts will be running from the answer of that question to something else, to something else and in a chain, an endless chain. And then after 10 minutes of, you know, running away with your thoughts, you, oh, I was actually trying to answer this question. And you might answer the question, but you might not answer it fully because you're looking from a specific perspective and not seeing the other perspectives, the 360. What the coach does is they help you focus your train of thoughts into the same area where you decided in the beginning to start with. And they also help you see the 360 perspectives that you're not seeing because you can only see so much from two to seven minus plus. So our ability to focus on data is limited in our conscious minds. In our unconscious minds, many things are going on, but that's not where we operate. We operate in the moment. So this is important for people to understand that no matter how much knowledge you have or experiences you have, a coach is always there to help you arrive from point A to point B in the shortest time. Yes. And as we are coaches, and I know that we've already had some questions from some of our listeners saying, is there going to be a series two of the podcast and what are we going to cover? I think it's fair to say that there will be a series two of our podcast, and we would very much like to hear from everybody as to what they would like us to cover. You know, are there particular circles on the model that you'd like us to focus in on? Are there particular situations or industries or changes in the world that you'd like to see? Please send us notes. You can do this through the website or just send us emails so that we have an understanding of what you'd like to hear. And we will build the second series of our podcast from that. Yes, it has been a journey. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody, for contributing. And yeah, we really like to know what's next. So thank you, everybody, indeed. And thank you, Gada, for this really engaging set of discussions that we've had. I'm looking forward to hearing from our listeners to what they want us to do next and actually working with you to put a new program together. Garda and Martin hope you have enjoyed this series as much as they have. You will always find more information available at neocharismaticleadership.org and to discuss coaching or mentoring for yourself or your team, contact Garda and Martin through the website. This is the final episode in the series, so don't forget to sign up so you won't miss the next series. Thank you.